Hey, and welcome back to the End Times Countdown. I'm your host, Pastor Matt, right here. Beautiful Ozarks of Arkansas. Starting to warm up here. I hope it's warming up wherever you are. <laughs> You're being safe and doing well. Let's get right back into this kingdom divided topic here that's been so heavy on my heart. And I just want to start off with this. Historically speaking, scripturally speaking, even genealogically speaking, um, we do something really peculiar, and so does God. It's where we got it from, really, is we identify ourselves with a lineage. We identify ourselves with a beginning, right? We identify ourselves with a foundation. So to be an American, that happened when America was founded, and it's usually founded through some type of you know, major movement or major effort of some kind. Rome if you will, the Roman society, it was founded out of a, a massive overtaking and war. You know, the Caesar idea and all of these things, it came to pass and it all formulated through one specific episode and their identity, their national identity, their literally who I am as a person, <laughs> as an individual, stemmed from that point, from that point of beginning forward. So, you know, I mean, my, my parents could have been Vikings, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? But from that point of, of origination, that point of beginning of Rome, and because I identified with that effort, that major effort from that movement, I consider myself Roman. So because I was born in America and I take part of and am called by the great effort of the Revolutionary War, the freedom uh, from the tyranny of England and the British crown, right? My parents, my lineage, my grandparents, my four times grandparents fought in the Civil War, the Revolution, the War of 1812, and all the way down through the line, I am American. Um, and so everything has a root and a starting, a point of beginning and origination. And what's really cool about that is, you know, we call something Roman <laughs> because it, it reflects the society, it reflects that point of beginning or that era or that nation, even though it may not be what that was. In other words, so Rome no longer exists, people say. <laughs> but au contraire, Rome exists because it exists in idea, in theory, and in the people, <laughs> in the lineage and in the root. Um, Greek, Grecian ideas and Grecian things, artistry and theologies and ideologies, they still exist today. So does the Roman ideal. So does an, a, a Jewish ideal. So God instituted this. We see this in the Bible all the time. He would call people other names, <laughs> right? He would rename people. And we're like, wow, don't you like his name? <laughs> Didn't you know him from the beginning of the creation? Yeah, but he renames you in a point of beginning. So he, he renames you in a point of beginning, a great move of effort in order to establish something new, in order to establish a nation, establish a people, um, establish an identity. So there is an identity that is associated with America and Americans. It used to be, <laughs> it used to be a good association, <laughs> 
Today, it's not. Today, it is an ungodly, and people think, I mean, it's sad, but I'm pretty sure other nations think of Americans as just stupid, ungodly, and so on, and, and ignorant, and, and so forth. And honestly, for the most part, that would be a correct assessment. But it's not a, but it's not a, a majority, or it's not a blanket statement that can be used for all Americans. But you see what I mean? But to show up somewhere in another nation and be associated as an American, it can be a good thing. It can be a really distasteful bad thing. Same thing with China. Same thing with Russia, especially today, right? Same thing with Iran, with Iraq. Same thing all over the planet, all over the world. There is an association that happens with a kingdom or with a nation, with a people. And what's real interesting about that is there is a very literal civilization application to this. So again, think about um, think about Jacob, whom God later surnamed Israel. Why did he do that? Well, there was an extreme point of beginning where Jacob wrestled with an angel <laughs> out in the middle of the wilderness, uh, and a blessing was conferred onto him. And because of that blessing and because of that point of beginning, Israel began. Pretty cool, right? Pretty amazing. And whenever God spoke of Israel, he spoke of that point of beginning. He spoke of an identity, an attitude, an atmosphere, a point of beginning. So today, even though Jacob is long gone and they even have the gravesite and, and so forth, Israel is still among us. But whenever God, I believe this, whenever God talks or says the name Israel or he refers to Israel, I still believe that he's referring to the parent civilization. So that's what's really interesting, is there is an, an interpretation like this nationally or, or in a kingdom, there is a, there's an ancient literal kingdom. So think about, if you will, the Roman Empire. There was a very literal ancient civilization that was the Roman Empire. We have all of the relics. We have all the ruins. We have the coins found all over the world. We, we have all of the things, right? that we know there was a very literal parent civilization called the Roman Empire. But then what's super interesting is there's also a modern or an implied empire called the Roman Empire that is the offspring of that parent civilization. So really cool to think we are the offspring of some ancient civilization, whatever, whoever they may have been. And what's, what's amazing to me, too, is we don't ever really veer off from our parent civilization. We may modernize. Of course, of course, we modernize. Technology happens. Advances happen. Uh, ages happen. And things, you know, things happen. Uh, religions happen. Different, different things and convergences happen within time and modernization. But look, it's the same root. You still come from the same root, which is amazing. Um, so the offspring of a parent civilization. I think we would do so extraordinarily well if we could go back and really study history the way that it needs to be studied, not dates and names and times, but really immerse ourselves in the culture of the day and find out what happened here. <laughs> What happened to this culture? 
And why was this culture overthrown? What advances did it take? What, what uh, evolution? What, what happened to it? The Roman Empire, I'm sure everyone out there knows, the Roman Empire actually began as a very simple republic. And from that republic, it became a democracy, and the people began to elect senators. It's where, <laughs> it's where senates, the Senate and senators came from. Originally, in other tribes and nations, they would have been called judges. But here they were called senators because they represented the whole mass of people. People got things to do. We got to go to work. We got to fish, <laughs> right? We got we to gotta tend in the flocks and the... Uh, and the so forth, and, and we got things to do, right? So we can't go to the great threshing floor of the city and vote every time something comes up. So I need somebody that's going to take my heart and my ideas and my uh, morality, my uh, what makes me and how I think and what I believe is right and good, and I need to send them to the great threshing floor of the city so that they can they can vote and come to a, a good common agreement, right? This is what the next step in the Roman uh, um, civilization was. It was a, it was an early democracy. Well, the democracy didn't last long because all of a sudden people couldn't get along and corruption showed up. So for the next you know hundred couple hundred years, they had a super corrupt democratic system of senators uh, and elected officials, and then the elected officials weren't even really elected officials anymore because things began to become rigged and people began to buy people off. And so the corruption was just was really an underlying thing, and people just people just accepted it until they found out that the corruption was there. So corruption just took off, and from that place of corruption, it always, always, always leads, again, strife begins in the head of a nation, and what it does is brings with it every evil work, and it, it literally leaves a vacuum for a king or for a monarch or, or, or of the such to want to come in and take power and take control of this whole this whole ball of wax, as they say, the whole nation. That's exactly what happened to Rome. Rome began as a cute little baby republic. Uh, everybody took care of each other, and everybody governed each other's things. There was just a set morale that everybody stood by. And as it began to grow and so forth. And so then here comes Caesar, and Caesar sees his opportunity, and he overthrows a, watch, a divided governmental system. Remember, right? A kingdom divided, it can't stand. It won't stand. It will be destroyed. It will implode from the inside out or be conquered or completely cease to exist. So Caesar comes in, he overthrows the governmental system that's there, and then declares himself as Caesar, as the king of kings, as the man <laughs> over the Roman Empire. And we know how it goes from there. And, but look, it goes on from there for centuries and spreads, and, and, and economically, and it becomes a world power. It becomes a world language and continues on in that way until the death of the guy that took control. And when he took control, immediately division began to show up. Kingdom started to become divided the day that Caesar took power. 
And so obviously it just went on and on and became even more divided and more divided and more divided until it itself imploded and became overthrown by its enemies. You know, what's very interesting to think is our modern age that we live in today, it's, and it's not really a good thought for me. <laughs> you guys, you guys pray for me. This isn't a good thought for me. America will not always be. <laughs> Nobody likes to think like that, but at some point, America, if it if it veers off from the hand underneath the hand of God and underneath his governance, one day America will not be. It'll be another nation. It'll be uh it will implode from the inside, it will be destroyed, or it will be absorbed. And I hate to say, but I really believe. Uh, folks, that that's exactly what's happening. We're seeing the very end of the Roman Empire. We're seeing the mass corruption, and we're and what's sad is people don't seem to care. And the ones that care are the ones that are called vigilantes and and wacko jobs, right? And tin hat people and conspiracy theorists and and so forth. It's a it's a spiral out of control. Is it's where we are as an American nation. Um, unless things change, it's exactly the direction that we're going to take. And it's so why am I saying this? Is this a doom and gloom, tin hat, whatever type of podcast? You guys know it's not. So stop thinking that. No, it's not that. What it is, is it's an end times podcast. We're keeping our, our hand, our thumb, if you will, on the pulse of end times prophetic things that are unfolding right now, right, right before our eyes. And this divided kingdom of America and the divided kingdoms of the world are the biggest sign that all of this is about to be wrapped up. And the catching away of the saints is so close and imminent. If you miss that, please rewind and go back and listen again to the, the series there that we did uh, of episodes on the catching away of the church, the rapture of the church. It's imminent, and it's here. And I believe, really, you guys, in this series of episodes here on A Kingdom Divided, we're going to see exactly how and exactly why. So I said all that on purpose about a parent civilization and then a modern, if you will, implied offspring civilization of that very same empire or kingdom. And I said that to say there are two kingdoms that are mentioned in a great way in end times and in prophecy, and that is the great kingdom of Babylon and the kingdom, the empire of Rome. I say it all the time like this. There, is a, there was a very real Roman empire, but then there is a spiritual Roman empire. And what do you mean by that? There is a spirit of Rome still in the earth. There is a spirit of Babylon that's still in the earth. It's just another way of saying it's an offspring civilization of a parent civilization that existed and, and no longer exists today. <laughs> Yet, ta-da, it's still here <laughs> and it's still in existence in spirit. So I like to say it like this, and maybe this will make some of us feel a whole lot better about what's happening in America. I saw this once in the Spirit during, uh, during prayer, and it was this. I literally saw America on a plane 
like a 3D plane, like um, you would see a, a toy train, uh, you know, where they have the landscape and the little baby trees and stuff, and you can see it like on a 3D plane. Uh, and it's flat, right? So there's, it's not round like the earth. It's just a flat thing like this. And I saw America, beautiful land of America, laid out on this plane. And I saw the Pacific Ocean. And I saw over here the Atlantic Ocean. And I saw the land in between. And I looked at it. And when I, when I looked, I saw uh, this eagle, monstrous, huge eagle, and it began to pull up. Um, it began to ascend, if you will, up out of the land itself. And I saw first its head and then its body. And then I saw its wings. They were, they were almost straight out. And when I looked again, I saw, and this, this eagle literally uh, had the, the colors of the American flag over the eagle. So it wasn't a bald eagle with the dark brown and the white head. It literally was the, the coloring of the American flag. And I watched and I saw this eagle come up and I watched it. It was staring straight at me. And when it came up, it ascended out of the land. These great wings, whew, they flapped down and, and just pushed this eagle up out of the land. And while I saw it start to ascend up into the heavens, up into the sky, I heard in my spirit, this is the spirit of America, and it will never be destroyed. You guys, I get goosebumps every time I think about it, and I rejoice in the Lord because it's always bothered me that I know America, the land, this which we call America, one day is going to suffer great violence, and it will probably be destroyed. And that bothers me. It used to bother me so much until I realized, wait a minute, the land itself isn't America. The people are America. And there is a spirit that founded America, and it was a spirit that was after God's heart. So I hope that encourages somebody out there. When we keep talking about judgment and the end times and the this and the that and whatever, no, America, the spirit of America, oh, it's precious in the sight of God, and it will be saved. But again, remember what I just said here that it is an offspring civilization of a parent civilization. So it's amazing to me, here in America, here we are, <laughs> and we start uh, mapping out America, and we start surveying across America and setting up towns and villages and cities and so forth. And here we are. <laughs> if you look at any kind of surveying cities, civilizations in ancient Rome, the way they're laid out, the cities and the streets and the so forth— our American system of surveying and cities is exactly, exactly like a Roman civilization. <laughs> Our form of government is, in fact, the original form of Roman government. We have elected officials. We have senators that go and meet in a Senate. Even the way that we entertain one another is overwhelmingly Roman. And what's another, another uh, aspect 
that's overwhelmingly, again, Roman, is the want to be entertained. And we love physical, violent sports. And without God, our civilization is grossly, grossly fornication-minded, grossly idol-worshiping-minded. It's why our founding fathers said, if God isn't the center of this government and the center of this nation, it will, it will terribly, tragically, desperately fall and will be destroyed. It will not stand. I think it's because they understood this revelation. They understood the idea that what we're doing here is based off of, loosely based off of another ancient form of, of a kingdom, of a, of a governmental system, <laughs> and theirs didn't last simply because of their ideals and who they were and what the civilization was based on. So I want to pick up from here, and I want to read a part of Scripture here that's over in Daniel, the book of Daniel, chapter 2. And verse 41, and we all know this. I mean, <laughs> whether you went to Sunday school or not, like it seems like everybody knows about this, and it's the dream of this, uh, of this great big giant that the king Nebuchadnezzar had. And so here was the dream. Daniel says, O king, here's what you saw, a great image that was amazing and shiny and sparkly and really, really cool. <laughs> This is, this is my translation, okay? This is the Matt Nichols translation. <laughs> this image's head was of fine gold, his breast and his arms of silver, his belly and his thighs of brass, his legs of iron, and his feet part of iron and part of clay. You saw that great image that a stone was cut out without hands, which struck the image upon his feet that were iron and clay, and broke them to pieces. Then was the iron, the clay, the brass, the silver, the gold, broken into pieces all together, and it became like chaff of the summer threshing floors. And the wind carried them away, and that no place was found for them. That the stone that smote the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. Now, what's interesting about this, and this is what's amazing about prophecy, and I know you guys have heard me say this over and over and over, that so many things in the scriptures, um, they have a very literal translation. So like literally, this is, this is literal kingdoms and peoples, but then it has a spiritual translation, if you will, where these things um, reflect what's happening in the spirit realm in between kingdoms, but it also has a very prophetic translation that reveals to us something else that's going to happen in the future, because history always, always repeats itself. If we don't change course, and because evil is always among us until it's finally destroyed and dealt with, history is always going to repeat itself. And so we know that prophetically, then, these things are going to come to pass again, and we're going to see these things again. And it has a prophetic uh, interpretation for the times, especially the end times that we're living in right now. So in the beginning then, the original interpretation then, of course, the head of gold would be Babylon's kingdom. This was the kingdom in the planet. I mean, it was worth so much and had so much worldwide international 
regional control. My goodness, it made Roman Empire just look silly. And he said this about King Nebuchadnezzar. You, O king, you're a king of kings. For the God of heaven and earth has given you a kingdom, power, and strength, and glory. And wherever the children of men dwell, the beasts of the field, the fowls of the air, uh, he has given it into your hand. So in other words, as far as I can even imagine, it belongs to you, and it's in your kingdom. Every bird, every animal, every fish swimming, every, every bird flying, it's in your kingdom. It's how powerful and how, how immense this kingdom was. And he said, you're the head of gold. Then the Medo-Persians and the Grecians. After this arise another kingdom that is inferior to you, and another third kingdom of brass, which will bear rule over the earth. It was the Medo-Persians that came up after Nebuchadnezzar. It was his sons and so forth. And then out of that was born origination, originated the Grecian kingdom. And then the fourth kingdom, he says, is... Uh, will be strong as iron. For as much as iron breaks in pieces and subdues all things, and as iron that breaks all these, shall it break in pieces and bruise. Whereas you saw the feet and the toes, part of clay and part of iron, the kingdom, watch this, will be divided. This Roman kingdom will be divided. It will be part iron, and it will be part potter's clay. Very interesting, right? Um, the iron part is going to be a governmental system that's going to be so hard <laughs> that it's going to take things by force, by influential force at times, and it's going to rule like iron, as hard and as strong as iron. But then there's going to be another part of this kingdom that's going to be potter's clay. So if any of this is ringing a bell to you at all, we know that King David said so many times in the book of Psalms that you are the potter, I am the clay. <laughs> and the clay oftentimes speaks of a more righteous people or, if you will, just humanity in, its, in itself. And he says in verse 43, And whereas you saw iron mixed with this clay, this miry clay, they will mingle themselves with the seed of men but they will not cleave to one another, even as iron is not mixed with clay. So very interesting. So we're looking at two kingdoms here, or really, if you will, one kingdom that is divided into two very distinct sections. So you have one section of this kingdom that is fully just <laughs> full-on hardness and strength and, and dominance and in the scripture, you know, whenever it talks about iron and ruling with iron, it, it almost always means it's going to be an absolute dominance with strength. And where people are concerned, hardness. And then, though, it has another portion, another sect that doesn't, that doesn't jive <laughs> with, the, with, with that other portion of the kingdom, and it's made of clay. Interesting, the idea of clay in Scripture, it always speaks of humanity. But it always, almost always speaks about the carnality of people, the fleshliness of people, if you will, the sinful nature or the carnal nature of people. 
So we're talking about the ideas of fornications and, and, and you know, just the sinful nature of people, godlessness. So you have this idea of godlessness and, and fornication mindset, the animalistic, just heathen type way that's represented with the clay. And then you have the strength and the iron and the hardness of this other side, which is representative of a governmental system. Listen to what, what, what I'm saying here. So you have a governmental system that's hard, that, that rules by hardness and absolute dominance, and the people of that kingdom, of that governmental system, is completely of a carnal, sinful nature, and you put the two together and they don't jive. They don't form together. They don't come to. They don't mix. Do you know why? Because darkness and chaos, it doesn't play well together. Where strife is, there is every evil work. And where strife is and where sin is, judgment continually manifests. So it's ever imploding envy and strives and murders and, and all of the things that's in darkness and chaos is ever boiling in this big old yucky mixture, <laughs> and it doesn't mix. It doesn't play well together. So you get a kingdom of God, a kingdom of light that's based solidly on the idea and the function of unity. Wow. And there's peace and there's safety in it, and there's joy, and it mixes. All the peoples and nations and generations, they mix, and, they're, and, and they, and they co-join. You see what I mean? But over in darkness and in chaos, it cannot mix. And so what this huge stone represents is another kingdom, a divine kingdom, a stone that was cut without human hands out of the rock. <laughs> and it came, and watch, it destroyed, it busted up this very last kingdom made of iron and made of clay. It destroyed it and crushed it to a place where it just blew away like, like the grass clippings out of your mower <laughs> in a summer day. <laughs> Gone. This enormous, majestic, powerful kingdom blown away like the grass clippings on a nice June day. <laughs> it cannot stand. A kingdom divided cannot stand. And so to take that to the prophetic implication that there was a parent civilization called Rome, and there is then a spiritual or offspring civilization then in existence today called Rome— that is made up of a governmental system that rules and with absolute dominance and strength as iron, and its people are widely made up of a sinful nature, a carnal nature, and a fornication mindset, and they are not, they're not together. There's polarization, there's division happening. It is a portrait of America. I'm so sad to say that, but it's a portrait of America because it's exactly what we have. So the government thinks that it's going to appease the carnality and the communities of the sinful behaviors that are happening in our nation, 
and they're trying to be on their side because after all, you're dark, we're dark, <laughs> we should mix, right? But it doesn't mix. And, and the community that the government's trying so hard to support will turn and bite the hand of the government that's actually trying to promote it. It's what we're seeing every day, all day long. And it casts out, it doesn't even consider the divine kingdom that's present in the land. And I'm telling you guys, it's coming. This is what he's saying prophetically. It's coming. This rock that was cut out of the, out of the mountain, out of the stone, without human hands, that destroyed utterly this series of kingdoms is coming again. And all the nations and kingdoms of the world will be destroyed like this again, broken apart and in pieces, and his kingdom finally will reign supreme throughout eternity. Yay. <laughs> right? Woohoo! <laughs> it's a beautiful ending to a really, really prolonged death. <laughs> I actually told my wife the other day, uh, and I I looked at her, I said, and I, I say this because Paul said it a whole bunch in the Bible. I just looked at her, I said, you know, I'm talking like a fool right now, just as a natural person with just pretend I don't know nothing about nothing. I said, you know, I kind of just wish that whatever's going to happen <laughs> is just going to happen. And let's just get this thing over with. I can't stand prolonged deaths. <laughs> It just feels like that's what we're going through here. But I thank God for this extended amount of time because it gives us the opportunity to get on a podcast, to, to, to share these prophetic utterances, and to warn the people, all of us out here that are listening, and to get us prepared and to actually unpack and uncover what is happening and why it's happening and what is coming next. Ah, I'm telling you guys, this year right here is going to be a year like we've never seen before, and it's implicated because of the numbers prophetically spoken over the year. Ah, but we don't have time to go into that right now, do we? We are so out of time for this podcast. Um, thank you for joining me for this for this part of this episode. I'm really taking my time with this with this series of uh, of episodes here on a kingdom divided because I want us to see that what's happening here isn't just coincidence. It's not just nature acting out and being weird, <laughs> and it's not just evil people doing evil things. Uh, it's it's an agenda, and it's a purpose, and it's a prophetic thing that's coming to pass. It's really funneling every nation into a one-world unified nation, and there's a purpose and a reason behind that, and we're going to see that with this next episode. So thank you guys again for joining me for this installment of A Kingdom Divided. And when we come back for the next podcast, we're going to get back into this and we're going to look at that funneling action. And like we say every single time, listen, be awake, be aware, and be ready. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>